Uh, it is great to be with all of you here, and uh, to all of you watching online, hello to you as well, wherever you're watching from. Uh, man, it's so great that you're taking advantage of that, whether you're coming home for Thanksgiving or traveling somewhere else or watching uh, from your house. Uh, so glad you're taking advantage of that and joining us on, believe it or not, everybody, this first day of December. Can you believe it? It's already December 1st. It's crazy. Yes, and it's already here. Christmas time is here. And today, uh, it's just awesome that you chose today to join us because we are kicking off a four-week series uh, that we are calling Christmas. Christmas, what's in it for me? And here's what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks. It's going to be a fun time. Over the next four weeks, what we're going to do is we are going to look at Christmas from a me kind of way. And I know that sounds really weird here coming from a church, that so we're going to look at it uh, from a me thing. In fact, I, I'm, I'm sure I probably offended some of you because you came to church not to be thinking about you because it's about Jesus. Like, you don't want to ask Christmas what's in it for me, Andy. It's about Jesus, you know, and, uh, you know, things are already so commercialized as it is, and, like, people aren't even celebrating the right way, and they're buying too many presents, and, and they worry more and think more about exterior illumination than they do about Jesus being being born and it's you know, like blah, 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 and humbug, 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 humbug. Yes, I'm calling you a humbug. If that's you, I love you uh, so much, but you're a humbug, okay? Uh, and here's, here's what I think that you need. You actually need what all of us need. Well, if you're feeling all that stuff, first of all, you need a Pepto-Bismol and a chill pill, okay? Like if you're already feeling that, it's December 1st. You got a whole month of this stuff. You got to pace yourself, okay? If you're already in that level of humbuggery. Uh, but after you take your chill pill, here, here's what I think uh, you need. Here's what I think we need. And some of you actually need this right now for so many reasons. I, I think uh, you need this uh, because I know it's going to change some of you. I think it's going to change some of where you're at and put some light into some dark places, what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks, uh, and let this season do what I think and what I know God wants this season to be for us, okay? I think what we need more than anything, more than anything, is to really ask the question and honestly ask this question, what is really in it for me? Because believe it or not, gang, asking that question, it is the most spiritual question that you can actually ask. Because yes, Christmas is all about Jesus. We are all about Jesus here. We're not going to get away from that. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. But, but God really did make Christmas for you. He really did. And he wants you to embrace this season, not just Christmas Day, but I think God wants you to embrace this whole season in a personal way, in the most personal way that you can. Because Jesus coming down, everybody, was and is and always will be the most personal thing that God has ever, ever done and ever will do. And it's why I believe, it's why I believe Christmas has this strange attraction to it. I think it's why you see so many people actually celebrating all or some or many aspects of Christmas, even people who wouldn't even say they're religious or that they would say uh, that they're Christian or go to church. In fact, I found this on a survey. I did a lot of survey research uh, getting ready for this series, but a survey I found says this. This might surprise some of you, but it's true. 96% of Americans celebrate some or all aspects of Christmas. That, that 96% of Americans do. Now, here's the thing. Of the non-Christians or people who would say they are not uh, a, a committed Christian, 81% of them still celebrate some or all Christmas, okay? They do, including including uh, people with Buddhist, Hindu, and Jewish believing backgrounds. They put some elements or they celebrate some sort uh, of Christmas deal. Why is that? It's, it's got to make you kind of wonder why, because Christmas is a Christian thing, and so if you're not affiliating yourself as a Christian, why are so many people actually doing this? You ever wonder why that? I just always wonder why. Uh, even people who don't call themselves Christians. In the article, 
people were actually interviewed uh, who were in that category. And here's what they said. Uh, some of them said this, just a culture thing. Like they're like, yeah, we just want to be a part of the, part of the culture and, and it's in the culture. But a big reason, they say a big reason why is that it's fun to be a part of it. And it's actually brings something special to them over this season. It brings something special to them. That's what they said. I, I actually think that it is special. I think that, uh, that it is captivating. Uh, and I think that's why everyone does want a, a piece of that gang. Here's what I'm gonna say. Christmas is the best time of year. It's the best time. It really is, especially, especially if you're a Christian because man, Christmas is about God coming down about peace and hope coming down. It is a joyful time. It is a really happy time of year. And there's even statistical data that actually backs this up. One of the things, I think one of the things that we kind of bought into or that we've bought into as a culture is we like look at Christmas and we kind of talk about it and we look at it. Uh, It's a time when people are depressed and, and down and stressed out and not happy and all that stuff. But here's the reality. The reality actually is that that is not true. It's not true. Now, there are stresses and things, and there's things that are happening around this time, and we're going to talk about some of that over the next three weeks after uh, today. But what is true, I just think you need to know this, this is actually the least miserable time of year. Merry Christmas. Uh, I thought you should know that. It is the least. Actually, and I have statistical data uh, to back this up. Look, there is something that, that is actually called, this is from the Washington Post. It's the Daily Misery Index, okay? Yes, there are a group of people who track this. Sounds like a fun bunch, okay? You don't want to miss their holiday party. But they, so, so if you look at this, this tracks the days of the year through the months, and this solid line, it kind of tracks by the daily misery of the, when the most depressed, anxious, and stressed out days of the year are, okay? And as you go through this, as it goes up, that means the stress and anxiety and depression goes up. And as it goes down, it goes down. But if you follow me here at the end, this is December, and, and when you get closer and closer, actually, when you start the month of December, not only, gang, does it go down, but the stress, worry, and anxiety, it drastically goes down. It is the least miserable time of year. It's, it's actually pretty neat to think about that. I mean, think about this too. Think about this too. I just want to get us to think about this a little bit. Christmas is actually the only holiday that we will stomach for an entire month. There's no other holiday that we'll do for a month. Halloween, we will not do it for a month. We won't do it. You just, you just have constant belly aches. Or we won't do it for a whole month. Valentine's Day, like you are not celebrating that. You're not looking. Nobody looks forward to Valentine's. I don't care what your boyfriend or your husband says. We don't look forward to it, okay? Like, and nobody's putting it on the calendar and planning out things and decorating and singing Luther Vandross for a month. It just doesn't happen. It, it, no one does that, okay? No one does that, all right? Um, but it's just something about Christmas. There's just something uh, about it. Uh, and actually studies over the last few years are even showing trends of this and, and it's trends in younger people, uh, people younger than myself, uh, that people are decorating for Christmas earlier and earlier, that they're actually doing it earlier. And earlier. I actually got to... Um, experienced this a little bit with my kids. Uh, I actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, got all my stuff out. I was not going to decorate. I do not decorate until after Thanksgiving. Anybody decorate before Thanksgiving? Raise your hands. Praise, I don't know for you. All right, and, um, but I don't do it. I don't do it. Uh, but anyways, I got the stuff out just to get, know, you know, know where it was. But man, Roxy and here, they, they were just so excited. They couldn't, they, like, they couldn't wait. They were just so excited. So they, what they did was they dug in the boxes and uh, they actually decorated my couch. They decorated my couch with Christmas stuff and they were just so giddy about it. I had to actually capture so here's here here's what they did. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Welcome to Jesus's birthday. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? 
They, their giddiness like sucked me in and I was like, fine. So I decorated like on that day, got everything up. It, and then my neighbors were looking at me. I'm like, your turn, man, sorry. Like everybody's like, really, Andy? Like really, but it was great. Um, but man, it's just, there's something, there's something about it, you know? Uh, Kerry uh, Newhoff, he's a Christian um, uh, writer. And what he does is he actually looks at social trends, not just Christian ones, but he just looks at social trends. And last year, he actually noticed something uh, that he said. He said that, that there were people that were on Instagram and, and uh, social media that he noticed that, that people under 35 were actually putting up their Christmas trees really early, as early as late October. And here's what he said. This is what he said. It kind of stuck out to me. He said, complete conjecture, but here's what I'm guessing. In a world that seems increasingly unsafe and unsound, for young adults, the Christmas tree lights and decor are reminders, listen, of wonder, peace, and stability. Whether that's nostalgia or a bold declaration or a bit of both, churches should look a little more like that. Because, of course, if the church can't offer wonder, peace, and stability in uncertain times, who can? And I totally agree with that, gang. I agree with that. And this idea, that here, here's what I want to say. This idea of wonder, peace, and stability, it's not just for some of us. It's not just for a few of us. And I think that's why there's something more to this season. There's more. I think this is why so many people celebrate Christmas. And I think it's actually why, here's what I want to say. It's actually why I think God did something in us, and he did something to this season specifically that, that made this bigger than we can even think, bigger than we even, it's even bigger than a baby being born. It's bigger than some cultural thing that people are trying to get a hold of. And it's right there in the Christmas story. In fact, it's one of the first things that we see happen when, when a bunch of angels come to a group of shepherds right after Jesus is born. Here's what they say in Luke chapter two to capture this. This is what it says. It says, and in the same region after Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, that's a bunch of angels, a bunch of angels coming together, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the glory of the Lord was, was shining around them. They, they came, there was good news, there was, there was great joy, there was peace coming down on earth. I think, uh, I think when we look at Christmas, uh, and I don't think this is wrong, uh, but I think we, we see the birth of Jesus, and, and, and that is definitely there, like that is definitely there, but uh, it's not what was really going on. It's not what was really, in fact, like when you look at it and how we celebrate Christmas, it's actually a little bit odd compared to what Jesus actually told us to celebrate. Jesus actually never told us to make a big deal about his birth. He never did. He actually told us, man, you need to remember my death and resurrection. You need to remember that. But he never really told us uh, to remember his birth. Yet here we are in all that we do and in all the things that we get ready and prepare and decorate and all that stuff. And, and, and it's because, this is what I want to get, get us to, it's because I actually think that in this time specifically, I think God did something to point us to something bigger, bigger than this. Uh, and there's something else going on inside of us though that we do this. I don't even think we know that we're doing it for this reason, but there's something else going on too inside of us. Here, here's the thing, gang. All of us, wherever you land with God, I don't know where you land. You know, chances are there's probably people in here that you're not really close to God, that you're exploring that. But wherever you land with God, this is true for every single one of us. We all have the capacity and the desire to wonder. And here's the thing. We're the only creatures that actually do. 
We're the only ones that exist that actually have this desire and capacity to wonder. Like cats never wonder uh, about origins or about the stars or anything like that. Cats don't even care about you, okay? Like they just, they put up with you, all right? They put up with you. They just care about themselves. Like dogs, dogs don't look up at the sky and go, man, like there is a vast universe. I wonder about, dogs don't do that. They just want to eat, sleep, and repeat. That's all they want to do. That's all that, but for humans, that, that we got to have more. Like there's something in us. We need something more than that. That I just, there is something in us, there's something in us that's just not satisfied with this normal, everyday, kind of like nine to five, you know, uh, shot, eat, sleep, work kind of life. That there is something in us that just needs something bigger than us, something beyond us. And, and we feel like there's got to be something outside of the norm. Why? Why? Well, here's why. Here's why. It's why. It's because we, we were all created. We were created in the image of God. That's what, that's what we, we know, that God created us with his image, and we are image bearers of God. And God, here's the thing, for every single one of us here, all of you watching, this is something that's true of every single one of us. God puts something in every one of us that causes us to be the way we are. It's, it's actually captured here in Ecclesiastes. I love this. Here's what it says about what he put in you to cause you to, to be like this. He says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Here it is. He has done something to you. He has planted eternity in your heart. He put eternity in your heart. But even so, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. He put, he put something in you that, that causes you to wonder. And, and, and here's what I want to say. Uh, so so there, are, there are things that we have, and, and, and the answer is that we actually need some wonder. What is in it for me? If you're, if you're taking notes and you're following along, it's that I need a little bit of wonder. We all need a little bit of wonder. And, and here's, what, here's what I love about this today. You see, I don't even have to manufacture this in you. I don't have to try to get wonder going on. Here's the deal, gang. It's hardwired already in you. It's already there. That's the point. That's the bottom line of today, that you need a little wonder because you have it. God put eternity in your hearts. We were made to wonder. And if you look at the Christmas story this is what I love. It's chock full of things that cause you to have satisfaction from the wonder that you have, that, that there are things that tap into the wonder. That's why I think there's something about Christmas, there's something about Christmas that is like a magnet to our hearts. And so, so what God does is he gives us this incredible narrative, this incredible story that isn't just a baby being born. It's not just a baby being born. It's this crazy string of occurrences that happen both throughout the history of humankind and also in this specific window where Jesus is born that's so strange, it's so strange, and it can't even be logically explained. And there are, thing, there are things that happen in the Christmas story that are just strange. You can't fully explain them, and that's the point. You can't. You can't fully explain In fact, the more you try to actually logically explain these things, the more you're going to lose the wonder that God put in your heart. And it's a wonder that you're always going to have. You're going to lose a thing uh, that, that's in you that wants to be satisfied and fulfilled by this thing. And here's the thing. God knows that. And deep down, here's my challenge to you. You know it too. And I think that's why so many people celebrate this time of year, wherever they are. So, so God, here's what he does. He doesn't give us a story that's easy belief. He doesn't give us a story that's easy belief. He could have. He could have done anything when, when he brought Jesus down here, but, but he didn't give us a story that's, that's easy to believe. Instead, we have this true, amazing, powerful, other-than-human story that changed the course of the entire world, okay? And here's what I want to do. I want to take a look at some of these strange occurrences that happened in the story of Christmas. I want to take a look at them. And here's my, here's my point. Here's what I want to do. I don't want to explain these. Like, my goal is not to give you information on these uh, or even explain these. Here's what I 
want this to do. I want this to inspire wonder in you, not by explaining or even going around these. I want to go directly at these things and see it for what it is and why God actually put it the way he put it, why he did it the way he did it. Okay, here's the first strange thing, if you're taking notes, that occurred. Prophecy. Prophecy's weird. It's strange, right? It's, it's something we don't fully understand, but, but here's, what, here's what happened. God uh, did this. Uh, we have God telling us uh, throughout this whole history of time what happened, what's going to happen, and he told us in this crazy detail uh, a long time ago what he was going to do, and, and he used prophets and people, and he didn't do it like with one prophet uh, in one period of time. He did it over a huge period of time with all kinds of prophets who wrote this stuff down, uh, and here's one of them. Here's what uh, the prophet Isaiah said about what was going to happen in Isaiah 7. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, I don't know if you know what it means. It actually means God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. Is it, is it, so it's this big idea, this concept of God's not gonna be uh, distant anymore, that he's actually gonna, he's gonna come down, he's gonna be with us, and Jesus being born actually confirms it. And I know that sounds really simple to say that, but here's what we need to understand. This was a prophecy that was written in 700 B.C., so, so people had this written down for 700 years before Jesus was born, and then it happened exactly, exactly like Isaiah said it would. I mean, the, the chances of a virgin birth and, and Jesus being born the way that he was, even a reference that he's gonna know poverty, that's what eating curds and honey uh, was referencing, is a reference to poverty. Uh, Luke verifies all of it. Luke verified all of it, that, that he was born poor, that he was born of a virgin, that, that he will know struggle, not born in prosperity. Like everybody thought God would come down that way, but th that's not what happened, and it just all confirmed. It's crazy, it's kind of crazy uh, when you look at the Bible, really, just looking at the Bible for what it is. I think a lot of people get this mixed up. The, the Bible, the Bible is not like one story uh, that goes in one direction like over one period of time. The Bible, the Bible is actually a collection of 66 books. It's not one book. It's 66 books written by all kinds of different people through a whole entire period of time. And here's, it never veers off. Not one of those 66 books veers off of the main idea of who God is, what he did, what he was all about, pointing to the same bigger thing happening. It's unlike, I'm telling you, the Bible is unlike any other documentation in the entire world. And it's unlike any other documentation in the entire world, gang, because it's not of this world. It's not of this world. It's part of the strange and wonderful thing that God did for us to point us this bigger thing, this amazing thing where prophecy, prophecy gets fulfilled. Prophecy actually still uh, happens today. Um, it's still the strange way God communicates, still has. We get a little freaked out when we hear the word prophecy, don't we? We don't really, we're not comfortable with that word because we, we start to think it's like the end of the world and blood moons and blah, like I'm gonna freak you out. Like that's what we, we kind of think that way. Like when you hear prophecy, you're like, ooh, you know. Uh, but that's not really what it is. Prophecy, prophecy is, what it means is it's a forth telling of things that God is going to do. Uh, but it also just, means for us today it means that it's an encouragement or a caution where God gives someone a word to give another person we got we got to take those things uh with wisdom and, and, and understanding what the bible has to say and lining up with all that stuff but it still happens they actually happened to me the other day uh just the other day 
I, I came off a, like a Sunday, I came off a Sunday just like maybe this, and I, I don't know, I just didn't feel it. I just wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling like I really did anything to move the peg for people. I just wasn't feeling uh, like, like I did anything spiritually for anyone. And so I was just feeling the spiritual low, you know. I, just, I was just kind of out of sorts with God. I just was in a spiritual funk. And uh, by the way, I don't know, I just want to encourage some of you. We all get there. Uh, if you ever get there and you're wondering, like, does anybody, your pastor goes through that too. Like, I get there, and, and I was going through this time, and I just, I don't know. Uh, and so I got up on the next day. I got up on Monday, and I, you know, sat down and uh, started, I had my quiet time, and I started to, like, start to write again. And I mean, I was just, it was like a carryover. I just was not feeling inspired. I was like, I'm not feeling inspired. I can't write. I just, something was carrying over the spiritual low. And I was like, well, I'll just go to the next thing. I can't write right now. So I just said, I'll check my email, get my email going. And, um, and this guy who I didn't talk to, I only talked to one person about where I was feeling. It was, it was Courtney. And so he had no idea what I was going through, no idea what I was feeling, none, no, no idea at all. And he sent me this email. Uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but here's what he said. He said, this was on that day. He sent it to me like 15 minutes before I checked my email. He said, Andy, I'm not completely sure what the Lord is trying to say to me, but the things I've been reading and listening to this week have been aligning up with the things that have come from River Ridge this week. I guess I want to encourage you so that you know the messages you prepare are somehow tapping into the big message that the Lord is trying to get out. Here's what he says. Be encouraged that lives are, and the way people live on a day-to-day -day basis are shifting. I know for me, this is, it gets even crazier. I know for me, typically Monday is a difficult day with the voices that condemn, accuse, and make me not believe the truth that I had just heard less than 24 hours before. Don't you believe those voices either? I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, man, why, why doesn't God do that every day? My faith would be amazing if he did that every day. Like, I would be like, so like, I'd be like, oh God, you know. But, but it doesn't happen every day. It, it happens. It's still there. It was an amazing thing, but it, and it's also a strange part of Christmas. Here's another one. If you're taking notes, here's another strange occurrence, the virgin birth. This is strange. Do I have to explain why this is strange? Like, <laughs> I hope not. Like, I want to, that didn't happen, okay? Like that's as far as I'll go, okay? That didn't happen. Like it's, it's, it's really, really strange, you know? Uh, but here's the th even stranger thing. This is what's really crazy. Did you know that a majority of people who celebrate Christmas, this includes people who wouldn't even say they go to church, they actually still believe it. They believe it. Okay, look at this. This is a Pew Research study uh, that talks through some of the elements of Christmas. I just found this interesting. Uh, so it says that 81% of people uh, interviewed said that they believe the baby Jesus was laid in a manger, 81%. 75% uh, believe that wise men were guided by a star, brought gifts of gold, frankincense. And, and here's what I want to sketch. 73% believe that Jesus was born to a virgin. That, that they believe that. They're like, no, I, I can believe that. Uh, and, and really, I, the other thing I found interesting, there's only 14% of, of all people who celebrate Christmas, there's only 14% who don't believe in any of the elements of Christmas. Like I just found, but 73% of you, 73% of all the people who celebrate Christmas believe in a virgin birth. Are you insane? Like, well, are you nuts? Like, what is wrong with us? Like, are we just like, are, are we checking our brain at the door? Or is it, or is it? Is it that there is something in us, there's something sort of inside of us that's going on to believe in the extraordinary, bigger thing going on? Because, I mean, really think about it. If God really was going to come here, don't you think he would do it in a really strange way? Don't you think that's how he would kind of do it? And I don't think he would do it in a normal way. Virgin birth is really strange. Like, I would say that that's different. That's a little bit different. Speaking, why, by the way, um, 
Why well, it's important to believe that. I think it's important to believe that. Uh, I, don't, I, I think it's a Christian thing to believe this because being born uh, of a virgin, uh, why this is really interesting to understand is because it means Jesus was born like us, but it also means he was not born like us uh, because he wasn't born in that way that you and I are born. That means he wasn't born in sin. Every single one of us is born in sin. He was not born in sin because he was born of a virgin. He, she was conceived by God and he was born like no other so that peace could be restored to us because he was born outside of sin. He's the only one that can restore peace to us. I just think it's interesting, important for us to believe that. Here's a third one. Third one, if you're dating, astrological phenomenon. When's the last time you said astrological phenomenon? Did you say that at Thanksgiving? I doubt it. Uh, but that's another strange occurrence that happens that we just want to go directly into. So everybody knows the song uh, in, in the We Three Kings of Orientar. You know, that's the three uh, magi. was the three kings. They were the, the rich kings. Uh, and, and they actually, a star showed up and they were following, they just said, we got to follow the star. They, we believe that it's Messiah. So they follow the star. Uh, so let's read this story really quick. Did everybody get astrological phenomenon? Does anybody need that one back there? Uh, I would have. Okay, Matthew 2. After, you can get it online if you miss it. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, not a star, I just want you to catch that, his star when it rose uh, and had come to worship him. Let's drop down to verse nine. It says, after they had heard the king, they were talking to the king, and the king talked to him about some stuff. They went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. You know, I read things, uh, and I don't think there's an ill intention there, but I read things where people try to, like, sort of over-explain things, the things that happen to Christ. are like, well, you know, this, that probably could have happened in a normal way. It's probably just these, you know, strange thing, like, you know, the Aurora Borealis or, like, star really happening or something like that and help us believe. But, man, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. Did you read what I read? Because I don't know if that was an actual star, man. Like, I don't I think it was something different. I don't think it was a normal deal because, you know, I, I don't think it was a, a pattern in the sky that we would, would normally see or anything like that because let's be honest let's even say it was let's say it was a real astrological thing it was just a star that was way up in the sky and they fall here here's what i'm gonna say if you and i were a thousand miles apart and we were saying all right we're gonna meet at the pilot gas station uh 500 miles away and you could just use the star you get there do you think you're even gonna get close to like getting together there's no way there's no way that you're gonna do that and you're like well if you use the gps and if you get the location app on your phone no 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 no. use what they had use what they had. they had a camel and sore everything okay that's all they had to guide them they were and 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 so here's my point my point uh is, is that any way you look at it any way you look at this and how it started and stopped and moved it's strange it's strange it's just a it's just not a regular astrological deer here's a fourth one angels Angels is a strange occurrence uh, that happens. Actually, I was looking this up. We read in Luke 2, so we're going to look at scripture, but I actually read, kind of read and studying. So we see five individual times where angels are appearing and talking to people, uh, specifically around the Christmas story about, about Jesus being born. Uh, and I find it interesting because every time, it's re it is really strange when they came, and I'll tell you why. It's strange, and we know it's strange because every single time an angel comes, the first thing they have to say is fear not because it freaked them out. Like they are not like diaper wearing babies. Like they are like freak out people. They're like, ah, like fear not, you know, fear or not but they they were they were heralds they were heralds it really happened they were heralds of good news great joy uh, coming for all people not just some people for all people uh, here's a fifth one fifth one uh i found this one interesting uh is class equality is it was a strange thing that happened like 
uh, when you look like one of the things that I found fascinating, I still find it fascinating today around the Christmas season. I think it happens today, but this is a weird thing because back then, uh, rich and poor would not really mix it up much. Like they would not, they would be separate everything. It was like rich and poor never uh, did anything together. But, but I find this really interesting. When you read the Christmas story, other than Jesus, two of the main leads in this are shepherds. You got shepherds who are not poor. They're dirt poor. They're poor. Nobody wanted the job uh, of a shepherd. Uh, so you have them and they're, they're really poor. And angels came to him and said, go find Jesus. And so, so they go on a journey uh, to find Jesus. And then the other lead uh, is, are the wise men. Like the wise men, these are kings. These guys aren't even rich. They're like elite, elite, elite people. And they, they get a star and they start falling store, both on the same journey. They go on the same journey to find Jesus. I just find it interesting uh, because, you know, it's what happens on Christmas. So what happens on Christmas? Christmas uh, puts all of us on the same journey. It doesn't matter uh, how much you have. It doesn't matter how little, little you have. You, you being rich doesn't give you any more right to God than someone uh, who's poor, and the same goes the other way. We are all co-equals uh, in this and having access to this amazing, great gift. So I think class equality is really a strange, really neat thing to give us wonder and be like, man, just rich and poor, all that stuff. Here's the last one. It's gifts. The gifts were weird. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, I want you to... Think for a second, and no, don't think like to like don't think baby, and don't think like after the age of twenty. But like, what was I don't maybe it'll help you get some wonder maybe a little bit. What was the best gift that you ever got as a kid? Remember like the best gift or best best toy you ever got uh, as a kid? Just think about that. Maybe it'll help you bring wonder. Like for me, uh, man, the very first cassette tape that I ever got was on Christmas Day. It was Bon Jovi's New Jersey album. It was amazing. I wore that thing out on my Walkman. It was amazing. And like, I really, man, does anybody remember the yellow sports Sony Walkman? Oh my goodness, I wanted one. Did anybody have one? I hate you. I wanted one so bad. I, I never got one. I had like a Panasonic that broke all the time. But man, I wore that thing out. Um, but but here's, here's what baby Jesus gets. He gets gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Oh, that's weird, man. Like, that's weird. I'm sorry. Like, when was the last time you went to a baby shower and said, here's some incense, using good health? And just like, dude, nobody does. Dude, who gives incense to a baby, right? But, but here's the thing. Here's what's strange. It's like they all meant something bigger, bigger than a baby, way bigger than a baby. One king gave him gold. Here's what gold meant. Gold was recognizing Jesus is king, that, 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 that one day you are going to be king of kings and lord of lords. He was given gold. Another, another king gave him frankincense, or how Roxy, my daughter, says she says Frankenstein. It's frankincense, not Frankenstein. Uh, good effort, though. Uh, but it, it actually is incense. It was incense that they used in the temple specifically for worshiping God. It was, they used frankincense for a, a specific connection uh, between them and God and to worship him. And so it was given to Jesus because they were recognizing that, that he was God who was worthy of being worshipped. That's why frankincense was given. And then the third one, which I think was the weirdest one, uh, was myrrh, uh, which was embalming fluid. You give that to dead people. All right? Like, if you go and show up and give embalming fluid to a baby, you're getting the cops called on you. Okay? Like, that's like a little certifiable. But, but uh, so why, why, why was embalming fluid given to a baby? Why was it given to baby? Gee, because it's not about a baby. It's, it's not about a birth. It's something bigger, something bigger, something stranger, something higher, something a little bit more elevated uh, than that. Because what they knew and what this was trying to point to is that Jesus, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of Jesus' life would be his death. That his death would bring you life. That's, that's why he came. This is what should give us wonder and, and give us this amazement, this thing that, that needs to be satisfied inside. It's not a bad, about a baby being born. It's all of this stuff, all of this, all of this together, not, not getting around it, going right to it, coming to us to make it so personal. Will you check this out? This is what it says in Isaiah. It says this to us. For, us, for unto us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And, and all the government 
shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's, that's why Jesus came. You know, I don't know uh, how you define peace. I don't know. Maybe we would land maybe in the same place. Uh, but Bible, Bible actually describes peace with one word. It's this word shalom. I love this word. Uh, and, and here's, uh, I, this, there's an author named Cornelius Plantinga, and he captures shalom. Here's what he says. I don't have it up there, but just listen. Here's what he says. In the Bible, this is what he's doing to describe peace to us. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fully employed. A state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as the creator and savior opens doors and speaks welcome to the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things are supposed to be. Gang, shalom is, is the way things ought to be. It's a way of justice and, and compassion and, and a, a state of well-being, a, a way of thriving and encouragement. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I want you to come with me. Christmas, the Christmas story is the biggest story that's ever happened. It's the story that tells us that God cares about us, that he knows us, that he loves us, that he took on human flesh and he came to us and he was born and he came with a big vision, a big purpose for your life to know and be known by God and to have a way to God that is so, so powerful, powerful. So I want to encourage, I want to, I want us to get us moving a little bit towards embracing the wonder, not getting away from it, but really trying to get that thing satisfied and lean into it. God made us for all this happen for you to actually get into this wonder and find wonder and satisfaction with Christmas. So I want us to maybe tap into this wonder a little bit. We're going to just hear a song together. We can sit and listen. Tears of a mother whose child has come home 
Yeah. For unto us, for unto us, he said, not, he, he, it's you. He's talking about you. He, he made it so personal. That's why it's okay. It really is okay to ask, man, what is it in it for me? Because for unto us, Jesus came uh, to be your wonderful counselor, your, your everlasting father, your prince of peace. He came for his government to rest uh, on your shoulders, that, that he came to answer that very question. And that's why it's okay to make it a personal question. He came to be very personal to you and that he wants to satisfy. This is the whole point of today. He wants to satisfy this longing of satisfaction coming from only from a place of wonder that he put in you. He put eternity in your hearts. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. When you tap into that, when you, when you go towards that, then you're gonna look a little strange, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. Because you're gonna find the satisfaction, you're gonna find a peace, you're gonna find something where it shouldn't be there, it shouldn't be there, but it just satisfies this longing. And here's my challenge to all of you here, wherever you are with God, wherever you are with Jesus being born, you know, some of you are close to God right now, some of you are saying you're close uh, to getting there, but, and some of you may be far away, but here's the thing, you can't passively get to this place of allowing Jesus's government to be on our shores. That's not a passive thing, that's an active thing. And I wanna encourage you over this season to really think about what it looks like to really surrender that to make Jesus your wonderful counselor, your everlasting father, the prince of peace that comes to bring you satisfaction, everything we long for, everything that we're looking for, it's right there and it's everywhere we look. That's my challenge for all of us who are believers, that it's everywhere if we just have a willingness and a wonder to look. Let's pray. God, thank you. That, you, that you've made it, you set us up. You, you didn't give us a story that's just easy to believe. You gave us a true, uh, wonderful, strange, amazing story that we get to lean into and not try to even logically understand it, but just have a wonder that is satisfied and fulfilled of believing, that, yeah, if God did come down, this is how I would do it. I wouldn't do it in a normal way, that I actually can lean into this and it can change just even how I think. It can change how I get these longings satisfied. And, and I wanna go into it, I wanna tap into that and allow you to be my prince of peace, allow you to come in and counsel me and let your government uh, run my life and, 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 and let this season, let this time be a time of amazing, magical wonder. We give you this time. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, it's been great to uh, have this day with you. Uh, don't forget to grab those family devotionals out there in the South Lobby. We've got something else for you on your way out. We'll see you next Sunday, everybody.